with Brian Blount, who's here with his wife all the way from Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma, in North America, US of A. Um, and uh, just a word of, well, actually a word of warning from his life. I've been chatting to him over the last few days. And uh, if there are any women of contraceptive age here, they have got a really, really scaremongering story in that they had three children and then they accidentally found out they were pregnant with triplets. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there you go. That's not in your program. <laughs> But I promise I would say the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Brian and Janine, they lead a church in Oklahoma City. They have an amazing ministry there. Um, and I'm just going to give you the mic. How are you guys? I'm so excited to be with you. What an honor. This has been a great conference. And I love just... Uh, Man, Vineyard family, it's just awesome, man. Just for us to come over from the States and be with you guys, you're passionate in worship. And so I'm excited to share with you um, on living a lifestyle of, of healing and power evangelism. And sometimes when we hear that phrase at first, power evangelism, we think, well, oh, I don't know if I'm that person. Well, here, I, I really believe this. If, if we were open our Bibles and we were to look at Acts 1.8, we see something that uh, I believe is for uh, us all to just, I, I guess for us to be reminded again of this. It says this in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. It goes into Jerusalem and then all of Judea, Samaria, then into the ends of the earth. And so, in that sense, we're all power evangelists as believers. When we receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, it comes upon us, what, for a purpose? To witness, to give display of Jesus, right? To put him on display. Not just in proclamation, but in demonstration. And I'm convinced most of the time what it is is we're thinking of evangelism as a personality type. We're thinking of evangelism as, uh, you know, maybe being extroverted or type A or something like this. We put a personality on it instead of, no, it's Holy Spirit. And you know what? Everything in the kingdom is that risky part where we have to let go and just step out into that place. And so I, I just I hope and, and pray that through this a seminar this, uh, this afternoon that you will be encouraged uh, to step out in a new way and know that God really uh, wants just to pour out a spirit through you, because that's how we reach the world, is through other believers, right? And so um, I'm excited. Hey, one thing I want you to do, I'm, I'm really big into this aspect of the presence of God being with us. So I, I would love for you, as we're going through the seminar, um, if you begin to feel the presence of God come on you in any way, um, it won't be rude. <laughs> I'm inviting that to be. Would you just stand up and just let the Lord just do whatever he wants to do on you because oftentimes in these settings, the, the power of God comes and he begins to anoint people. And uh, so if you feel his power and his presence come, I may see you, I may bless you. Uh, if I see that, if not, don't worry. Just stay connected and stay connected as long as you need to. Let, let God pour himself out on you. I'd also do this. As you hear testimonies and you're gonna see some videos of people uh, getting healed just the normal everyday aspects of life, um, you may have come and you may be sick in your body. You may need a healing in your body. 
uh, I would begin just to check and move your body around as you're hearing stories or you're seeing the videos, um, you might just, healing might just come into the room. And so, uh, so if, if the presence of God comes on you, this is what I want you to do, I want you just to stand up and just receive. If healing begins to come upon you, would you just look at me just, and wave at me? So what are you gonna do if the presence of God comes on you? Stand up. Stand, oh man, oh there you go, come on, <laughs> come on. And if healing comes on, what are you gonna do? Just stand up, wait, awesome, you are, man, this is great, <laughs> incredible. Well, okay, here's what I wanna talk to you about, this idea of beginning to cultivate a relational faith with the Holy Spirit that we live out a lifestyle of putting Jesus on display. So how do we begin to do that? How do we cultivate that relational trust, that place with the Holy Spirit that we begin to live our life in such a way that everywhere we go, we see uh, the kingdom of God breaking through. I think a lot of it has to be a change in the way that we think. And one of the best places to start in, in this and what it did for me was when I began to really sink into this understanding, this thought that God is always at work. I mean, the simplest thing, but we, we pass it by. No, God really is at work. God is really moving. He's moving in this room. He's moving all through the city. He's moving through all through this world. He is at work and he is waiting for his church to join him in the family business, right? And so if we get that idea and understanding that he's always working, uh, it's not that we're trying to produce the kingdom. The kingdom activity is around. We're stepping into it. And so uh, let me illustrate it from this point. How many of you guys are moms and have babies? Okay, that's a tough job, right? And that's a real kingdom thing. You know, I, we know something about babies. <laughs> we have six of them. But our, our first baby, Annalisa, uh, she's now 20 years old. Uh, I remember just being in a small little house, and I, was, I have a graphic design business. And my wife, you know, was Janine, who's over here? Beautiful Janine, stand up. Go away there, yeah. She did some of the work on the triplets, you know, I, you know anyway. So, but we were, she, well, our first baby, you know, she was kind of like, oh, gosh, Lord, I want to be able to do this stuff in the kingdom. I want to, you know, I want to be a mother. I want to be a wife. I want to do all this stuff. But it's, it was just pressure. And she's like, I don't know how to do the kingdom and, you know, uh, have a baby. And so she was in this place of she was, you know, praying or more or less complaining to the Lord. And she was saying, Lord, if you want to use me, you're going to have to send people to my front door. That was her prayer. Well, let me just tell you something. Those are dangerous prayers to pray, <laughs> Right? God answers those kind of prayers. And here's the thing, too, is my good friend Blaine Cook would say, you're the answer to someone's prayer. And it's true. God is always at work, and he's going to connect that. So there is, <laughs> Janine is still on the front porch with baby Annalisa, because baby Annalisa is a little bit, you know, just fussy, and she didn't want to bother me in the house, and it was a beautiful day. So she's sitting there, and she's contemplating again, God, if you want to use me, you got to send them to my front door. And then she looks out. Now, this may be, just something that happens all the time in the UK, I don't know. But in Oklahoma, this is not you know, something that happens every day. <laughs> she looks and she sees something really bizarre and she's like squinting her eyes, goes, am I seeing what I'm seeing? And this is what she sees. She sees a butt naked lady running down the street. <laughs> I mean, everything flapping in the wind naked, right? And the lady is screaming, I'm naked, I'm naked, I'm naked. My wife goes, I know, I know. As she literally runs past my wife into our house. <laughs> now, I'm back doing my computer stuff, so I'm just like, I hear some commotion, I'm not, whatever. 
Janine comes, she's knocks on the door. Brian, Brian. I said, what? I'm doing business stuff. She goes, you gotta, come on, come here. I said, what? She goes, there's a naked lady in our house. I went, no way. So I come out like this, you know, no. My wife had clothed her, and, and uh, you know, in one sense, that there's a funny aspect to that story, but there's a real deep, dark place that this story began in. This woman was down the street in a relationship with a, a guy and was trying to come out of this relationship, and this man said, you know what, you're not getting out of this relationship until I get what I want. Instead of being more violated, what she said, well, she goes, could you at least let me first go to the restroom? And she quietly locks the door. And she is praying, God, would you get me out of here? God, would you get me to a safe place? And she sees this little window that becomes her salvation exit. And she crawls out the window, running, looking for someone to help her. Now, what's so amazing about this, I mean, this is at high noon. Uh, and there should have been cars out, people out in the front yard, the only person on the block that day that was sitting out was my wife. It was like the Lord covers this woman in her shame. And so he answered my wife's prayer and he answered this woman's prayer, right? And so here's what we pray now. Lord Jesus, you can send him to our front door with clothes on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but here, it, it begin to show us that God really is at work and we begin to pray things like that. We're actually praying his heart. And he really wants to use us in a way, our partner with us in a way that we really put Jesus on display. The, the world is desperately looking for Christians to be Jesus with skin on. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's, it's really not that hard. We make it hard. We blow this big thing up and think, this is what it has to look like. Most of the time, it's just, man, getting a heart, listening, you know, trusting Jesus in that place. But also just being compassionate, driven in your heart. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you guys have a bad day on purpose? You know, sometimes we can't, you know, fully know what's going to come at us, but we can get in that place whether we're going to allow that stuff to just stick in us and, and mull it over and have a bad day. Well, I fall into that trap often. Now, I'm growing in Christ. I'm getting better, but... Um, you know, there was one day that I was just like that. I was just having a bad day on purpose. I mean, I was frustrated at the world, and I was going to let everybody know it. And I was supposed to take my son to the movies. And so as I was, you know, getting ready to leave, I remember saying some very inappropriate things to my wife. Now, I know none of you guys have ever done this. You know, I remember yelling at my kids. I remember kicking at my dog, Ruby, and slapping the door as I was taking my son out to the movies. I'm just being real with you. And this is the attitude. This was the state where I was in, and I was going, and I'm like, ah, I got to go to the movies, you know? I mean, it was just like, what, what's going on? All of a sudden, I get a phone call. And now I'm thinking at first, I don't know to this day why I even, you know, picked up the phone because of the attitude I was in, but I do. And this is what happens. As I pick the phone, this guy goes, hey, Brian, how's your faith today? I said, who calls you and asks you how your faith is? I mean, this is like the craziest. I said, Ed, he said, man, I can't talk to you right now. I'm on my way to the movies. He said, no, 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 I need your help right now. I said, Ed, I can't help you. I'm going to be late for the previews of the movie, and I hate to be late for the previews. You pay all that money. I want to I get my money worth, right? 
And he goes, no, no, Brian, I, I just, I need you to pray for this guy. He, he came over and he's working in our uh, kitchen or bathroom and nothing is, he, he, he get anything done. The guy was born with uh, a leg that was crippled all up, one shorter than the other, and it's twisted. He's in so much pain. He stopped doing work and I got to get him to finish his stuff. And I said, Ed, I'm not going to pray for him. Well, Ed didn't take no for an answer. He puts the guy on the phone. And I'm like, he goes, this is what the guy says. Hey, I know Ed wants you to pray for me, but, you know, I've had all these pastors and stuff pray for me all my life, and nothing's going to happen. I'm going, you're right, nothing's going to happen, because I'm having a bad day. I don't even believe this right now. And so all of a sudden, this, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. Now, the Holy Spirit had to go through a lot of hurdles as I spoke inappropriate to my wife that day, as I yelled at my kids, as I kicked at my dog, Ruby, as I smacked the wall. He had to go through all that stuff, but somehow he did, and he just says, Brian, I want you to pray for him. I didn't feel like praying for him, but I knew I needed to respond in some way. So I thought, okay, I'll pray real quick and get off the phone. So I just said, okay, Jesus, I just pray right now. You'd touch his leg and heal him. Amen. And then I hear this, ah! And I went, is that a good scream or a bad scream, you know? And he goes, man, there's something going on my leg. I feel something pulling. I said, are you pulling my leg, you know? And he's like, no, something's going on. I said, well, bring Ed in and let's see what's going on. Have him put your leg up and you can see if something's beginning to change. He said, Ed's not here. I said, what do you mean Ed's not here? He said, Ed left for the store. (laughs) And I'm like, what in the world? Who calls you up, asks you how your faith is, gets you to pray for someone you don't want you to pray for, and then puts you on a phone. I mean, this is nuts. I said, well, who else is in the house? He said, well, Pam, uh, Ed's wife, oh, bring her in the room. He put it on speaker, and, and there, <laughs> she, I could hear Pam go, I don't know what to do. I said, good, I don't know what I'm doing either. Just hold his legs in front of him and just see. Sure enough, there is a major difference because he was born with this way and his legs turn to the side. I said, well, I don't see anything different, but I feel something just like this heat and something pulling my leg. And I said, okay, let's just pray this. Jesus, would you come and just straighten out the leg now in Jesus' name? And then you hear, ah, ah, two screams as his leg pops out, turns, and is completely made well. And I'm like, I got to go to the previews. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm almost there getting in, walking, and all of a sudden I start to, just, just feel this, God, what did you just do? I mean, I was like in a bad mood and this conviction of his love starts coming in the midst of like, God, I was a, just, why did you do that for me? Then I get another phone call and I don't know why I answered it, but guess who it was? It's Ed. And it was as I was walking into the, to the theater and I said, Ed, I'm really, I, the movie's about to start. He goes, no, no, no. He said, I'm mad at you, man. I go, what are you mad at me for? He said, listen, what did you do to my friend? I said, I did what you asked me. I prayed for him. He said, well, you know what? All he's doing around in my house is he's walking around going, oh, my God, oh, my God, my leg's straight. Oh, my God, oh, my God, my leg's straight. He said, God healed me. He's not getting any work done. I said, Ed, you can't have it both ways. I said, Ed, I'm mad at you. He goes, why are you mad at me? I said, Ed, you know how to pray for the sick. Why didn't you pray for him? And this is what he said, because I was having a bad day. (laughs) True story. 
So some, why I say that is there's times and places that we, I'm not advocating that we speak inappropriate to our spouse. I'm not advocating that we kick at our dogs or yell at our children. You know, but sometimes we get in those places and we feel like, man, Jesus, you can't use me. What I'm just, you know, undone. But here's something that happens even in that moment. If you listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit, that gospel comes back in you and begins just to convict you of God, you love me in the midst of my sinfulness. And you know what? I didn't care about the movie. All I wanted to do is call my wife, repent over the phone, say, Jane, I'm so sorry. You know, would you forgive me? You know, put, put the kids on, repent to the kids. Put the dog on, repent to the dog. You know, <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to make sure my heart was right. But here's the thing that I began to learn in that process, that God is always at work. He's always working. And all we need to do is just join him in that process. You pray dangerous prayers like my wife did, or you're having bad days on purpose, and God is working, and he's wanting to find someone that will join him in that process to reveal his nature and his love to somebody else. So if we don't do it, who's going to do it? And it's not a condemning thing. It's an invitation. And most of the time, again, we just feel, we let fear get us more than we let faith, his faithfulness rest in us. And to begin to step out. So God's always at work. I begin to get this in my mind. He's always working no matter what. I just need to learn to look, listen, and respond. That's what the Lord told me. Brian, if you learn to look, if you learn to resp- uh, listen and respond, you'll see my kingdom come. And so at first I thought that was just like in the word of knowledge or revelation. But then I began to see the Lord telling me, no, when I begin just to see a person that was in need. Or I begin to hear about a conversation of something of need of somebody else. I felt like that was just as much of a word of knowledge. It was an invitation of Jesus for me to step into that situation. And as I've been faithful to do that, I've seen the kingdom come. Now listen, listen. I can put a good game face on, but on the inside, I mean, my knees are knocking, my chest is beating. You know, I'm sweating. I mean, I am nervous. After 20 years of doing this, I, I feel a thousand butterflies hit my stomach all the time. So fear is presenting itself. I've just learned not to obey it and look at his faithfulness and see what might happen if I just allow the Holy Spirit to come and work through me. So God's always at work. He's always moving. If we just get that into our, our mind and begin to really believe that. The second thing to help us in this is... is uh, Jesus has already commissioned you to go with the gospel. He's already commissioned you. We don't need some, even, I do believe in an impartation, which we're going to do at the, at the end, we're going to do an impartation, but listen, he's already given us a commissioning and an impartation from the scriptures. One of my favorite passages is Matthew 10, 7 and 8, as it says, you know, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely receive, now freely give. Now, what I love about that is as you go, now as you go about your day, where do you go? Well, I go to like, I go to Walmart, that's, that's what we have, right? I go to like Wendy's, you can see, <laughs> I do that quite a bit. I, I go to, you know, ball games, I go to you know, meetings, I go all over, you know, just normal everyday places. And here's what I found is that The mission of the gospel is found in the mundane activities of your life. See, we think that 
being ones that are going to be, you know, power evangelists or healing the sick or spreading the, the, the gospel is when we're doing outreach or we're, you know, setting on a mission trip. And I would say, no, it's living your life. It's every day. And we have opportunities all around us just to begin just to see people, listen to what's going on. And just to simply step into this place of vulnerability and going, oh my God, oh my God, if you don't come, I don't know what's going to happen. But guess what? God's going to come in those situations. And taking that time to say, can I just pray for you? Just treating someone like they're another human being, loving them. You know, we live in a world like this. So when someone really wants to have FaceTime with you, that means a lot. And it communicates a lot. And so I've seen so much just begin in that place of just noticing someone saying, hey, uh, are you having a good day? Or just smiling at somebody. Getting a connection and being able to maybe pray. So as you go, so I wanted to show you some, some just real life situations of going about my day. Now, I remember I was going to the mall. That's, I wasn't going on a mission. I was going, well, I had a mission to go get a MacBook Pro. <laughs> and I was like nerding out in my mind the whole way. I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. Like, wow, this is going to be like amazing, right? And so I'm walking to the Apple store, and all of a sudden, at the corner of my eye, I see this young man walking on crutches. And I'm like, I feel the Lord pulling my heart towards him to go pray for him. And I'm like, can it wait? Uh, that's what I said. And, and he goes, yeah, it can wait. And I, meant, I knew what he meant by that. <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, no, the MacBook Pro can wait. And so I walk over to this young man. And honestly, I didn't know how he was going to even receive me. And so what I did in my approach was simply this, is I just said, hey, I see that you're on crutches. Tell me what happened. He goes, oh, man, I was in this horrible car accident. He said, I just got out of a wheelchair. And now I'm on crutches, but I'm in severe pain. And I don't know if I'm going to get you know, fully back to walking. And I said, wow, that sounds just horrible, man. I said, listen, I know this sounds a little odd, but would you mind if I just take a moment just to pray for you? You know what he said? Well, absolutely, that's fine. So I want to show you uh, what happened to, his name's Jorge. Uh, it's video number one, if you can cue that up, and we'll see what his response and what happened. Amen, huh? <laughs> just on my mission to get the MacBook. You know, here's the funny thing about that. Actually, as I prayed for him and I said, Look, here, can I take the crutches and let's begin to walk? And so we did. And we, we kept walking up and down in front of the Apple store. So I, was, I kept having to see my computer, right? <laughs> the funniest thing, too, was we had a, a friend of mine that worked there. He's like standing against the wall with a whole, or the window with a whole bunch of other employees. And, they, and they're going like, what in the world is going on? He goes, oh, that's my friend. He's praying for the guy. Jesus just healed him. They're like... <laughs> This is crazy. Now, that's amazing what happened to Ray in his physical sense, but this is something that was even just more incredible, I think, is that just the heart of the Father came. You could tell maybe that, that he was wrestling with some of his, uh, maybe who he was and his identity, and I feel the Lord just told me to grab him in a big hug and kiss him like a father would a son. And I did, and he broke down and began to weep uncontrollably as he just felt the love of God. Guys, that's what we're called to do, is just to take that moment and just simply notice somebody. Walk over, ask them what's going on. Can I pray for you? 
And we let the Lord do the rest. We can't make those other things happen, but when we step into that place, guess what? The Holy Spirit really begins to come because he loves to bring people into the kingdom. And so if we'll just stop. How many of you guys go to restaurants? We all go to restaurants, right? This is a perfect place to just present the kingdom and the love of God. You have a, a waiter or a waitress that's coming to your table serving you. And so, you know, besides giving them a really big tip at the end for sure, you might ask them, hey, can I just pray for you? I've seen this happen over and over. Where I've seen so many people get healed or come to Christ. And I want to show one of these videos. Um, I just love her response. Video number two. Isn't that beautiful what she said? Yes, please. I'm telling you, people are waiting to see Jesus with skin on. Yes, please. And then in that moment of not just seeing her get healed, but commissioning her right then, you go and you begin to pray for other people, telling her this is what Christians do, because I know what's going to happen. She's gonna, other Christians are going to say, this is not what Christians do. But this is what Christians do. We get to reflect the image of Christ all around us. And I'm telling you, it's not about just being this, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I'm really uh, an evangelist in this sense. If I'm an evangelist in this sense, it's to help equip the church to build them up to begin to go do the work of an evangelist. So in that regard, maybe. But you know what I really believe? I just believe I'm just a hungry disciple that just wants to be obedient to Jesus and want to see other people come to receive the good news. And I, like I said, it you don't have to do things perfect. You just got to make yourself available in that moment. How many of you guys do Uber rides? You do Uber rides? Some of you do? What I'm trying to do is I'm showing you some real life situations of th your thinking is like the next time I'm, you know, at a restaurant or I'm in the mall or I'm in an Uber ride, this could be a perfect opportunity for you to present Jesus. So I'm going to let you play this one, uh, video number uh, three. <clears throat> Your Uber rides can become very interesting and very fun. But you know what? I didn't have any great word of knowledge. All I just said, hey, man, I like to pray for people. Is there anything you need prayer for? That was crazy because what ends up happening, not only does he get healed, he calls me later that night and says, Man, I'm eating. There's no more pain. He said, will you do me a favor? Will you call my mom? She's in the Cayman Islands uh, and do like a FaceTime thing with her. She's been sick for over a year. I called her. I prayed for her on the phone for about 30 minutes and she was completely healed. <laughs> so that one opportunity led to another opportunity just to put Jesus on display. Now, how many of you guys go through drive through Do you guys do drive throughs here or do McDonald's? Okay, I hate doing that, but we do because we have six kids, and that's <laughs> their love language. Let's go to McDonald's and go through the drive-thru. Well, I used to get really frustrated by that. And the Lord said, Brian, I want you to begin to look, listen, and respond to my presence because I want to touch those people even at McDonald's, <laughs> you know? And I couldn't believe it at first. But here... <laughs> But here's the thing is that God's working everywhere all the time if we just clue in. So I'll let you play this, this video uh, number five for me, if you would. You know the kingdom of God is coming to McDonald's when they go, what, what? I mean, you know, hey, that's like a sign and a wonder right there. But see, God's moving all the time. Listen, it doesn't matter where you start, just start. 
Let me tell you how I got started, maybe to help you out a little bit, because sometimes we, we hear these stories or we see that, we think maybe this person's just uniquely gifted in these kind of things. So, you know, I, I came to the Lord and I was so hungry for Jesus and all this kind of things. And I heard that we could do this stuff when I came into the vineyard. And I was like, really, what do you mean do this stuff? We could like hear God's voice for others. We could, you know, uh, see healing, deliverance. I'm like, really? Like, I mean, I, I thought this was only for special people. You know, I mean, I didn't, that, that's what I really thought. And I, you know, John Wimber's five-step healing model. I remember when I was handed that, I thought this is the secret to the universe. I mean, this is amazing. It gave me a model to get started to, to start praying for people. And as I started praying for people and started seeing things that happened in church, I was like, this is amazing, but isn't that supposed to happen outside the church? But I hadn't seen a model of that yet. I had heard stories from uh, Blaine Cook and John Wimber and others, but I hadn't seen a model. And so I remember uh, hearing that Blaine Cook was going to be in Chicago. This is 1998. And so I jumped in my car with two other friends, and I drove 15 uh, hours, 12, 15 hours, and all the way I'm going, God, would you pour out your spirit on me? Would you put on me what you put on Blaine? Would you put on me what you put on John? I want to see the kingdom of God come for the sake of others. Lord, would you just touch me? So I'm praying my friends are like frustrated, you know, because like the whole time I'm doing this. So we get into the meeting, and it's just electrifying, awesome. And I don't know Blaine from Adam, and he doesn't know me. All of a sudden, he looks at me and says, you young man, stand up. The power of God's all on you for power evangelism. Now, this electricity hit my body, and I shook violently, flew back about eight rows, and was shaking under the power of God, going, oh, God, thank you for touching me. Now, Lord, give me an opportunity to see your kingdom come. And so I got the invitation. We had to go to lunch, and we went to a place called Popeye's Chicken. And we walked into Popeye's Chicken, amen, yeah. Walked into Popeye's Chicken, and, you know, I was not accustomed to getting words of knowledge outside of church. I'd never experienced that. But when I walked in, I saw this, this lady staying in line. All of a sudden, I had this sympathy pain hit my arm, like how I would get in church at times. And I heard the Lord said, that woman has a problem with her arm. If you go pray for her right now, I'll heal her on the spot. And I went, no way. I mean, here I just had this powerful encounter Ask God for an opportunity, and I'm, he's speaking to me, and I'm like, no. I'm like literally letting fear, like what if nothing happens? What, you know, what if, what if she says no? What if all these kind of things, and I'm just kind of frozen there, and I'm just looking at her. My friend goes, he can tell something's going on. I said, Brian, is the Lord speaking to you about that lady? I said, well, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I, the Lord might have said if I went over there, she might have something wrong with her, you know, her arm. If I prayed for it, he might heal her. See, I began to doubt and began to just deteriorate it. He goes, dude, just go over and pray for it, man. You prayed for 15 hours. I had to hear you asking if God would come on you and touch you, and you got called out by a hero of you in the faith, and, and Jesus zapped you on the floor, and you're not going to go over there and pray for her? I said, no, I'm not. Like, I was literally the biggest chicken in Popeye's chicken that day. <laughs> and he goes, well, how would I just go over and ask her and find out if she at least had the problem so you'd know if you heard from the Lord. I said, okay, you can do that on one condition. He said, what's that? I said, you can't tell her it came from me. I really was like, let a fear just, I mean, totally get me. And so he walks over to the lady, and this is what he says. He says, ma'am, excuse me, you have a problem with your left arm. If you let me pray for you right now, God will heal you on the spot. And she goes, how did you know my arm's in pain? He said, see that guy over there? <laughs> 
I learned a valuable lesson that day that God and good friends never let you get away with anything, right? He prays for and she gets healed right there on the spot. Now, what's so remarkable about this is you would think the guy who just got zapped, you know, took out rows of chairs, gets called out by, you know, a hero in the faith, has been praying, like, yeah, the power. No, it was simple obedience. My friend wasn't praying. My friend didn't get called out. My friend didn't get a word of knowledge from God. He just simply believed that I did, walked over in simple obedience, said what he heard that he he thought I heard, and prays for, and she gets completely healed. So listen, I believe in impartation, but if you do nothing with it, it means nothing. You can shake all over this floor, but if you go out these doors and you don't pray for people, you're not going to see anything happen. But I tell you that story to say this, thankfully God is so good that he allows us to uh, you know, have other opportunities and grow in this aspect. You know, I still find a few you know, feathers I gotta pluck from time to time where fear comes, but I've learned over time that when we step into this place with God, what can happen? And this is the thing that, man, this is something we have especially as believers, but there's something special that God gave us in the vineyard that I don't want us to lose, that we need to cultivate that. I mean, listen, everybody gets to play. And it's not just playing in here. It's, it's, it's getting and equipping people and sharing the testimonies and going out in there and doing it. And as leaders, if we want to see it happen in our church, you begin to do it. And it's share your failures. Share the success. Share the whole thing. But just step out. Because that's how we become the light of the world. We put Jesus on display. I'm going to share this one last video with you, and I hope that this brings a holy jealousy to you. And it really does something in your heart because it's something really profound that happened. And I believe this is what God wants uh, for the church to do. He wants to see uh, things being multiplied out. You know, the work of the kingdom was never meant to just be an outreach or a mission trip. It was to be an as-you-go lifestyle. And that power evangelism is not about our ability, but our availability. My good friend Robbie Dawkins says that. I love that. It's about our availability, not about our ability. So I'm going to share this last video, and then I'll give some commentary on it. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go into a time of praying. Um, but I want you to do this right now. Just begin to check your body if you have uh, anything going on, you get sickness, pain, and just, just for a moment, just check to see if something's happened. If, if it has, I want you to, to wave at me. I'm just checking to see this out. You might have to move around a little bit. And you can do that while we're watching this video as well, too. So I'm going to watch this. I want you to see what's going on. And then we're going to go into a, a time of, of prayer and impartation, okay? You're going to play this last video um, that's on there, video number six or seven. I'm not sure what it is. Now, why I wanted to show that to you was this, is because these guys knew nothing. But they simply got touched by Jesus, and they began to make themselves available as I took them by the hand and said, okay, if you're a Christian, this is what you do. I said, don't use words even. 
just reached out and just touched them. That's all we did. Not saying that we don't use words, but I mean, and they were just literally touching people and getting healed. This literally went from one store, jumped to another store, and an hour and a half, over 80 people get healed. You know how many people I prayed for? Two. We had, I mean, two Muslims come to faith. We literally had uh, <laughs> managers coming out. What's going on? Their employees just got healed. They're praying for them to get healed. I'm telling you guys, this is the call of the Christian believer. This is the call of everybody to put Jesus on display and to activate people to do this stuff. If those guys can do it, how much more can you? We've been trained. I mean, they just had that moment of like, God just touched me and I showed them this is what Christians do. And it spread out in an hour and a half. 80 people were completely healed. Guys, this is our calling is to just release the kingdom of God. And I know we don't have much time left, but here's what I want to do is I really want to just ask God to release an impartation. But here's the thing I would ask you. And this is not a place for, uh, if you feel like you can't do it, there's no shame in that. But if you really feel like, if, if I get prayed for, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something with this, I want you to come forward. If you can't, hold back right now. I'm, seriously, I want you just to come forward only if you feel like you're going to actually go do something with this.